Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Spring Fever presented by Royal Retros. Make sure you use promo code Spring Fever for 10% off all items at checkout. As always, I am XFL Jim, joined by the one, the only. It is Uncle Rico, a.k.a. Eric. What is up, my man? Nothing, man. Just in the middle of a monsoon here in the lovely Chicago. You know, uh, it's been been raining. Did you see... We had a sink. We had like a water hole guzzler downtown. You had a sinkhole? No, just one of the what's it called? Where like the water shoots out of the ground, like in Yellowstone. Oh, like a geyser. We had a geyser in downtown. It was raining so much. Damn, dude, that's, that's a lot of rain. So, uh, but good. It was good for the crops, dude. We needed it. Oh yeah, I've heard that like six fucking times. I hate, I hate hearing that at here, dude. I I hear it every time, every single time. But we are here. It is spring fever. On today's show, we will be giving you guys a lot to handle, a big old mouthful. We will be having the USFL championship recap and the season kind of retrospective. We'll even give you a little CFL week four recap because already, Eric, already. There's been four weeks of CFL. I'm not gonna lie, it's flying, dude. It's kind of kind of crazy to me how much <laughs> the season is just absolutely flying. It's basically the same as that we had with the um, with the USFL. With the USFL, you know, it's, it's like boom, 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 boom. It's nuts, and, it's, and then it's just an overlap. You know what I mean? Just the nothing. overlap just makes it go by so much faster. And then obviously we'll give you the week five picks for the CFL, and then a little special. Now that the USFL and XFL are finally done, this is this is the time where I get to these like these tinier, tinier leagues. I don't want to say that they're worse off, but they're they're kind of they're they're on the side. Like I don't look at them as much. I I, I get glimpses. I pay a little bit of attention to. But we're gonna talk a little indoor football league. We're gonna give you the the, the lowdown of kind of what's going on from two guys who are very uninformed, and we're gonna do the same thing with the European League of Football and. Found some books that actually take indoor football league lines. We'll actually have some picks and some futures for you guys. And then I even made up some lines for the ELF. So we'll have a whole pack show for you guys today. Let's just start off with it. Eric, the USFL is done. The championship game happened. The Birmingham Stallions win 28 to 12 against our Pittsburgh Maulers. Our future was ruined. What did we think of the championship game first and foremost? Coaching by the Maulers was abysmal. Um... I don't really know what they were doing defensively. Face guarding after face guarding after face guarding. Offense, just basically five-yard crosses, nick and ducks. I thought they could have run the ball. I thought they could have been more physical at the point of the attack. Um, I just didn't like at all what I saw offensively. And, you know, it's about putting your team in the best position to win. And, you know, unfortunately that didn't happen for our Maulers and they went down. It did not. Um, I was very surprised by the defensive showing by the Maulers. They looked great all season. And even the last time they played the Stallions, they looked very competitive and feisty. Uh, didn't see a lot of that fire. I talked about it with Chase in the gymnasium, but a couple missed calls by the refs, which were no bueno, no bueno whatsoever. But also, I don't think the Maulers were ever going to win this game the way they were playing, I mean, the way like the game plan was happening. It's like that with every game, though. Every game you can nitpick officials and just say this: this should have been called, this should have been called, that should be called. I do th- like there was some pretty like 
substantial calls that I think I don't think they changed the outcome of the game, but I do think like it's a closer game if that if those yeah, go maybe. the other way. You know, I think, I mean? it's, I think it's just more, I think it's just more competitive. It's not like the Mahler's offense was doing anything. It's that's also true. Like the Mahler's offense was showing. You know what I mean? It's not like like if it was like a f- seven point game and the Mahler's offense was moving the ball at will. Yeah, but. It was Mahler. hey, it was a tight game. It was a tight game when those calls happened. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think of that fourth down call? Which one was that? The one to go for it in the fourth quarter when they were only down nine on their no own. Business. Like- That's another awful coaching move. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? And he did that because he was pissed. That was a pure emotional, I'm pissed off at the world. We're going for it. That was so. just that was a lay old. That was like lay everything down, double up when you still have plenty of hands left to play. That's like you drunk at the Bellagio, going down, going all in on Red Twenty One. That was not the Bellagio. That was at the Circa. Okay, well, you know, I you you give me a Bellagio vibe. What? I don't know whether to be insulted or complimented by that you should be complimented dude i'm gonna take that as a compliment yeah the championship game it was fine it was it was fun it was a good time uh the mall i will shout out the stallions every opportunity that i get so you know how teams like to celebrate with champagne when they they win the league 40s 40s baby getting the high life out there i love seeing that love seeing that 40s Love seeing the vibes. I love the team, the camaraderie that the Stallions seem to have. I think this is a perfect spot for uh, for Skip Holtz. I think the USFL is like the perfect spot for him. I saw a bunch of people online after the game saying like, this guy's going to get like NFL coaching offers and college football coaching offers. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think this is the perfect spot for him. I think he's in a great spot. I could see him going back to college. Where who would you think would hire him? Uh Tulsa. Maybe I said FIU. Hey, he wouldn't go to FIU. You don't think they'd pay more? No. He I think they pay more than what the USFL's paying him. How much does FIU? I bet they would. So McIntyre makes 750k a year. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Uh his fucking USFL salary is like 1.6 mil. So I mean, never mind to that. That actually, yeah, he stayed in the USFL. I can't see a job offering him over that price. Did you see a college? Did you see a college job offering him over 1.6 mil? Syracuse, maybe if they get rid of what's his. Do you think Syracuse the... would go after Skip Holtz? I don't think they'd go after him. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Like obviously, a Power Five job could offer them. I, the one I could see is Tulsa. How much money is Tulsa playing with? I'm saying like they could go for him, but I don't know if they're going to match that salary. Yeah. Base salary of $850,000 in the USFL. How much are the other coaches in the USFL making? I don't know. That is a, that is a lot of cheddar, dude. 
that public knowledge? Uh, Average yeah. USFL head coach salary is $84,927. All right, here you go. USFL coaching salaries. Um, all right, here we go. I'm looking up here right now. Go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, so... Mike Riley's apparently getting around two. Mi- These coaching salaries for the USFL are nuts. Yeah, these guys are making good money. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, they got Fox behind them, so. Now I want to look up how much the fucking XFL head coaches make. $500,000. Not bad. Oh, my God. They had a championship parade? Yeah, they did. They did that today or uh, Monday. I think they did that Monday or Sunday. Yeah, they, they paraded it up. It looked pretty cool. I also saw people online uh, trying to do an NIL thing to get the businesses of Birmingham to try and keep Alex Mago. <laughs> did you see this handshake with uh horton he goes i'm still coming to you at smack skip holtz holtz goes huh he goes i'm still coming for you <laughs> what? Oh. so let's let's broaden our lens back to the season as a whole for usfl year two eric what are your major takeaways product was better I think every team improved except for two. I think majority of the teams improved. I think the only ones that didn't were the Stars and the Generals. Generals did take a step back. Stars, eh. Stars, I think it was just... I think it was just the Stars' offensive line that took a step back. They kind of caught lightning in a bottle, you know. I really just think, like, their offensive line regression was the only thing that really hampered them. Other than that, they looked really good. Yep. Every other team improved. I think the Stallions team is better than last year. I think every team was better than their last year counterpart, except for the Stars and Generals. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I like the product on the field. It was excellent. I like the hub system. I'm okay with it. I love the um, hub system. I think I'm, they did. Look, I, I like to say negative shit, but it's hard to say anything negative about the way the USFL is doing stuff. So, like, Moose Johnson in an interview during the championship weekend was just like, we're, we're committed to the hub model. We are, they're like, they're, what is it? Crawl, walk, run is the motto going forward. So they're, they're very, very determined and slow, but it seems to be working, and I'm, I'm rooting for it. They're keeping the hub model for next year, Eric. What do we think? I like it. I think, yep. why rush? Why rush? If you don't need to, they're still getting good money. The viewership was down a little bit from last year, but that's to be expected. You expect to see a year two little bit of a dip. And are you looking at? I'm, I'm looking at the championship numbers. I mean, year one one point five, year two one point one. It was a dip. Yeah, it was a dip, but you still crossed the mill mark. That's true. 
And I assume like we don't get the actual money, like what money they make or don't make during like the season. But I assume the fact that the NBC and Fox both put them more games on like the prime NBC and Fox this year. I got to assume that it's positive. So they got 50 K on Peacock. So that puts it at 1.6. I don't, I don't care who's watching them. No one fuck Peacock dude. And I watched on Peacock. Uh, USFL post-game playoffs championships, 2.966 million. XFL, 2.58. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to it. So my other takeaways for the USFL season as a whole, I think that every coach can stay for next year. I I don't see a single coach getting fired. I don't know okay. if I see a coach leaving for another job. I think I think Haley would leave in a heartbeat. Haley would, but I don't, who's hiring Todd Haley? Nobody. Exactly. Exactly. I think he's staying. Which, to the detriment of everyone who wants to root for the Memphis Showboats, he's sticking around. But... I think I think every I think continuity is a big thing for these leagues and the USFL, at least in the coaching aspect, is going to see a lot of it next year. I believe. I okay. think it's a different story when it comes to players. I think you might see a decent player shift, especially at the quarterback position. I think Alex Magoo's gone. I think he's he's on an NFL I roster. I think he's gone too. Vince, my screen got fixed. I fixed. I got a new camera. That's what happened. Vinny. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, he's either back again or he's retiring. What do you think he's going to do? I think he might retire. You think he's done? You think I would not like- be surprised if he's just done. Uh, Case Cookus, I could see either way, honestly. What? No, I think he stays. I think he stays, but I would not be surprised if he tries to be on like a practice squad somewhere. Yeah, but I think he's back in the game. Um, other teams might just have like a different, I could, I don't know, maybe other teams they'll have like their same quarterback. I don't, no one else really like wowed me. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, Bethel leaves, who do you think could, uh, the break is could go after? Who did they draft? Did they draft anyone interesting? The break is. They draft anyone? Let's see who they drafted. Excuse me. Let's see. Come on, who they... uh, God, this is not the way I wanted this to... Uh, Wide receiver, did they get a quarterback? Did they get a quarterback? They they did did not draft a quarterback, no. So that's an interesting development. Yeah, I wonder who they could get in the offseason. See who they got on the roster already. They'll have to make a play for somebody. They got Davis Cheek right now. (laughs) Davis Tongue and Cheek? Yes, sir. And Akil Glass from Alabama A&M. Really? That's that's their quarterback room right now. That's awful. It's not great. It's not great. (laughs) That's really bad. They would need to make a play at somebody, but... 
we're looking forward. So to give me one thing, Eric, you want to see from the USFL in 2024. They try to incorporate betting a little bit with uh, Bear, the guy they hired from ESPN. Yep. Um, I would like to see player props offered on sportsbooks. Basically, every th- we'll, we could list that down for every league. Uh, player props the- for these players would be amazing. Better job knowing what's going on. Like with the Generals, that one game with the Generals, we didn't even know DeAndre Johnson was coming back. We just assumed he was out. There was no nothing. They didn't do a better job of like saying, hey, this boy is back. Hey, you know, just somewhere to find. I think there's there's three things that we keep harping on for all these leagues, the XFL included and the USFL is communication. Mm-hmm. The USFL did, they improved this year with communication, but it can still get better. Yeah. Deeper into gambling with like player props and more fun bets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And again, like pushing out the advertisements. Um, I think, now that teams are going to be settled into their spots for a full off season, like teams like the Panthers and the Stallions um, and the Showboats, they're going to be able to kind of incorporate in their communities a little bit more and kind of grow that natural, that homegrown feel. Cause those teams are there. And if they slowly expand the hubs, if they get like one or two more hubs next year, you can kind of just like slowly grow that. I wonder if that means we'll see better crowds next year, for example, for certain games. I mean, if they get some crowds, it'd be great. Because, um, like, know, I, Ford you know, was rocking some Michigan games, too. Yeah, Ford was awesome. Birmingham yeah. was awesome. I like, I'm not going to be someone that says, like, oh, you got to have crowds. You got to have, it's all about the TV numbers, but whatever. But man, it makes a difference. Even just viewing on TV, Visual. it makes a, it makes a big difference just to it's see a, a crowd there. So I, I think just slow improvement and getting like these actual communities kind of more involved. I wonder if they're going to just put a team in Canton and just call them the Canton, whatever. No, they might. They actually might. Really? They, they might just move one of the, they might pull a, a Tampa Bay bands and just pivot to one of the teams to, uh, to I hope Ohio. It's not I hope it's not Pittsburgh. I think I can't see how it would be Pittsburgh after you go through the whole trouble of changing the uniforms and everything. But they could. I mean, they could. They could do Pittsburgh. The the issue is none of the teams I'd like. All the teams that are there, that are options, would be in the north, and I don't want any of the north teams to like kind of change. Like I wouldn't want it to be the Stars. I wouldn't want it to be the Generals. I wouldn't want it to be the Maulers. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, true. Don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I hope they don't do. It. I hope they just keep it as it is. I'm fine with it. I mean, I like Canton. Like the crowd seems to be at least decent for the teams that are there. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to we'll see how that has to go. Now, Eric, time for the CFL. Any parting words for the USFL? Any parting words for the USFL's uh, 2023 season? Good season. Looking forward to next season, my man. Same. Same here. So CFL week four already in the books. The season's flying by. Let's just go game by game real quick. Elk seven, Red Blacks 26. Round of applause. The Red Blacks got a home win. They done did it. And they covered the two and a half. Nice little win. My only bet. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch one play 
in this game. No idea I'm, what happened. I'm not going to lie. I think the Elks might be like one of the worst teams in spring football this year. They are awful. Springs football history? Not history. Like they still have players on this team. I don't understand. They have they have dudes. They have good receivers and they have a decent running back system. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. And this offensive line is just putrid. garbage. Yeah, just putrid. I think um, I think I, I think they're start they're going with Taylor Cornelius this week though by the way. How do you feel about that? He's my boy. I'm always going to root for Taylor Cornelius. He's my boy. I'm rooting for my boy. But goddamn the Elks are terrible. The Red Blacks, I don't know this was a good win cuz they blew them out, but this, I think let me see. Let's 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 look it up, Eric. Is Jeremiah Masoli yeah, starting? He's starting. He's starting next week. He's starting, baby. He's starting. He's starting. Okay. Good on you, Red Blacks. Good on you. Bombers 17, Alouettes 3. Nice little bounce back. Bombers offense didn't look as explosive. Um, Alouettes offense, non-factor. Yeah, they weren't. They did not look great. I thought Cody. I mean, this is just kind of the thing. I guess whenever Cody Fajardo plays the Bombers, he looks like trash. It just it it has to be. Just some people are like that, my man. It just has to be because I think like I don't know about you, but I think the Alouettes are like a decent team. I think they're okay. Yeah, I think they're like decent. They're um, okay. good bounce back spot. Surprise here. BC 24, Toronto Argonauts 45. Fun fact for you in this game, Eric. Remember how how much we were kind of like hyping up and talking up how well we thought Vernon Adams was playing this year? Yeah. Looked like here's, yeah. here's the stat line. 24 for 39. Awful. 388 yards. Awful. <laughs> Three oh. touchdowns. Okay. So that all sounds good, right? Yep. Six interceptions. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How is that even possible? Almost, almost tied a CFL record, I believe. How is that even fucking possible there? Six INTs. I don't understand how that's possible. That is insane. That's bonkers, dude. Six interceptions. Chad Kelly looked good. 23 29, 249, and a touchdown. Like, he looked fine. Yeah. Like, well, we kind of had the spot circled. The thing that just yes, me the most is Toronto's not playing this week, so we can't fade him. No, can't fade Toronto now. And six INTs, like, you're never going to win a game throwing six interceptions. I'm sorry. It, I mean, it's kind of hard, maybe in Madden. Maybe. One of them was a pick six, though. Ooh. Yeah. So, I there's just not a shot that you're doing that. Like, I'm sorry. It's just not happening. I think BC still a really good team. I, this was just a weird game. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm if I'm BC, I'm I'm throwing this one out. I throw it out too. I throw it out too. Um, the point thing to remember is Toronto's going to be overvalued next game, and that they're the team that we're going to be having 
to look to fade. Yeah, so week six, we're going to look Toronto, Montreal. Montreal. And Montreal's probably going to be coming off a loss because they play BC this week. Yeah. So, little line value right there. Definitely be looking at that. So, let's get into this week's games real quick. We have the Elks taking on the Rough Riders. The Rough Riders are minus seven and a half with a total set at 44. Plus 255 on the money line for the Elks. I mean, I, I'd lean the Alex here because trusting the Rough Riders to win with margin is hard in my eyes. Yeah, it's minus 120 for the seven and a half, so that just makes me think that it's going to come down. Yeah, so if we can get over seven, I'd lock it in. I'll probably get on it, in on it, but I just wouldn't. I, I'm with you. I don't trust like, – I trust the Elks to cover. I don't – I would not trust them to win, but yeah. this, is more, this is more of like a not trusting the Rough Riders. Yeah. Stampeders, Bombers. The Blue Bombers are minus seven and a half at home, over under 46 and a half. Blue Bombers have not been that impressive to start the year. No, but Calgary hasn't either. So with that being said, I think we're going to see some points. I'd lean the over, but I'm not going to do anything on this side. I'd lean towards the 46 and over 46 and a half. I'm probably going to play the over. That's the only thing I would touch. Yep, I agree. Red Blacks, Tiger Cats. Guess that spread. You're probably already seeing it. Tiger, no, I haven't looked. Minus three, minus two. Minus, minus two. Three. Tiger Cats, minus two at home, over under 44 and a half. Oh, Red Blacks, give it to me. Jeremiah Basoli revenge game. Give it to me. You think he gets a standing ovation? You think, you think yeah. the crowd cheers for him? No. I hope not. I'm also going to be on the Red Blacks. I'm going to be on the Red Blacks straight up. And if we can find some some uh, JM cut props, I I do that too. But that's a big if. I'll see if we can. I'll see if we can find those. Montreal Alouettes, BC Lions. Lions are minus seven at home, over under forty five and a half. That line's probably going up to seven and a half. <sighs> what do we do here? I think that's, that's a lot, lot of points. Maybe look to take BC first half. Let's see if I can. Let's see what we got here. First half. Four and a half. I take BC first half. I'll take BC first half. You know what? I'll take him full game too. I'll take him full game at seven. I don't care. I don't like this one. Mon- uh, no, I'm just going to take him first half. Because I kind of think Montreal's decent. And both these teams are sort of due for a bounce back. Yeah. I'm going to take the over, though. I'm going to take the over 45 and a half. Look at Jimbo. Jimbo predicting some puntos? Yeah, give me some puntos in this game. Give me some puntos. I can't believe we're already in week five of the CFL, Eric. I know. I love it. I love it. Season's flying by. That means college football is going to be here sooner than we know it, my friend. There's still 16 weeks to go, though. Jesus. Season's so long. There is... The, the CFL is a 21 week season, which is absurd. That's for nine teams. That's crazy, which is absurd. Could you imagine if the XFL or USFL did 20 games? That would be just so watered down. And I kind of feel like part of the problem with the CFL look, dude, do 18 games, you play everyone twice. Boom. That's what, that's what I'm saying, too. But they have divisions, too. And they not, not like the one team gets a bye week every week. Yeah. There's so many bye weeks. Which sucks. 
Yeah, there's so many bye weeks just built into it. But now, Eric, we look to the indoor football league. This is the time where we actually take a look at these leagues, the IFL. They are currently, I think they're almost done with their season. So if we look right now, we are on week number 17 out of 18 weeks. Okay. So we're really wrapping it up. So we have right now, I'll, I'll run through the teams real quick with you, Eric. We yeah. have the Eastern and Western conferences. In the Eastern, okay. we have the Frisco Fighters, the Massachusetts Pirates, the Quad City Steamwheelers, the Sioux Falls Storm, the Green Bay Blizzard, the Iowa Barnstormers, and the Tulsa Oilers. Sitting on top are your Frisco Fighters at 12-2. and two. They're the first seed. They're locked in. They get a bye week and home field advantage. The Massachusetts Pirates are the only other team that's locked into the playoffs, but they're only locked in the playoffs. They don't have home field locked in yet. It's between them and Quad City probably for that. Iowa Barnstormers and Tulsa Oilers are both eliminated from playoff contention. Their season's basically done. Mm -hmm. The Western Conference, we have the Arizona Rattlers, the Bay Area Panthers, the Tucson Sugar Skulls, the Northern Arizona Wranglers, the San Diego Strike Force, the Duke City Gladiators, and the Vegas Nighthawks. The Vegas Nighthawks are the only team eliminated from playoff contention. Both Arizona Rattlers and Bay Area Panthers are in the playoffs with the Rattlers clinching a first-round home game. I hope uh, Tucson makes it in. The Sugar Skulls? Yep. I'm At Sugar first, Skulls. I thought you said Sugar Daddies. They're the Sugar Skulls. I love how Arizona has three teams. Dude, it's an Arizona-centric league, dude. Arizona has three teams. Vegas is actually the, the Nighthawks. I think they, they share the stadium with the, uh, with the Knights. Oh, really? I think so. Let me see where the Nighthawks play. Where's Duke City located? Duke City Gladiators. Let's see if they say it. Current team. The Duke City Gladiators are in... What fucking state is that? New Mexico. Oh, wow. Albuquerque? Probably. Probably Albuquerque? California has two teams and Arizona has three. That's a west, little West Coast bias. Vegas Nighthawks Stadium. Let's see where they play. Let's see where they play. Let's see. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, nope. Never mind. They play at the Dollar Loan Center. I don't even know where that is, my friend. It's a multi-purpose indoor arena in Henderson, Nevada. Henderson's a lovely area. It's also where the NBA G League in Vegas plays. Okay. So that's pretty cool. I respect that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Sugar Skulls, and I'm rooting for the Sioux Falls Storm. Okay. I want them to make the playoffs. So we're... I want the sugar, sugar daddies. But we actually have futures, Eric, right now. The futures right now. Your Arizona Rattlers are your favorites. Then it's your Frisco Fighters at three to one. Yeah. Mass Pirates at five to one. 
I, I this is a European book, so forgive me, but these are the odds that they're giving me. The Bay Area Panthers eleven to two. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go through every team. It's funny that they had the Vegas Nighthawks at fifty to one, but they are officially eliminated, so don't take that bet. Oh, they have a game in Moline. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They do. Quad City DJs. Yeah. The Quad City Steam Wheelers. Wow! Look at that. Hell yeah, sir. I will take a shot on the Frisco Fighters at three to one. They're a real good team. I looked at the stats, Eric. They have the number two offense, the number one defense. The uh, Arizona Wranglers have the number one offense, but they have like the number eight defense. Okay. I'm looking at their website right now, and they have a link to for an expansion team. Yeah, you can you can purchase a team if you want. Jesus, I think it's a couple hundred grand though. Eh, not worth it in my eyes, bud. So here's the lineup. Here's the lines we got for this coming game. Duke City Gladiators, Tushan Sugar Skulls. Duke City. Sorry, the fucking way. So, Virgin bet. This is where I found the lines. Fuck off with this, the way you're doing it. Sugar Skulls are minus one and a half. The Sugar Skulls. We're taking the Sugar Skulls. Yeah, I'll take the Sugar Daddies. Barnstormer, Sioux Falls Storm. The Sioux Falls Storm are minus 12 and a half. Guess what? I'm taking the favorite there because the Barnstormers are trash. They're garbage. Okay. okay. Quad City Steam Wheelers and the Green Bay Blizzards. Uh, the Steam Wheelers are minus six and a half on the road. I'm taking the Steam Wheelers because also the Blizzard are trash. Okay. I agree. Uh, the Wranglers versus the Pirates. The Pirates are minus four and a half at home. I will take the Pirates. You take the Pirates. The travel from Arizona to Massachusetts as an like arena league team has got to be brutal. Oh, it's got to be awful. So I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the home team there. Southwest. That's got to be a Southwest flight, you know. Hey, I like Southwest. Oh, sorry. I bet they fly Spirit. Uh, then the Bay Area Panthers versus the San Diego Strike Force. Your Bay Area Panthers are minus nine and a half. Give me the dog. This is the only dog I'm going to take is the Strike Force. Dog's going to be buying Jimbo? Dude, San Diego Strike Force is a great name. That is a pretty solid name. That's a good name. That is Dog's biting for that one. That is a pretty good name. Uh, any thoughts, Eric, on the indoor football league? <laughs> uh, no, probably won't be watching it, anything <laughs> from it, but. <laughs> I, I might hey I might stream a game or two if you want to hop on. Uh I think I'll be washing my hair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh my thoughts is go Frisco Fighters. I'm gonna throw a future down on you. Oh Jimbo. Ending with the European League of Football. The biggest of all these leagues. There's three different conferences for the ELF, Eric. Which is insane. Let me go through these team names and see if we can find one that you like. In the Eastern Conference, we have on the top the Vienna Vikings, the Panthers Reclaw, the Berlin Thunder, the Leipzig Kings, the Prague Lions, and the Fairhervar Enthroners. I like the last one. The Enthroners, they're 0 5. Oh, best name, though. The Western Conference, we have the Rain Fire, okay. Frankfurt Galaxy, the okay. Paris Musketeers, the Hamburg Sea Devils, and the Cologne Centurions. Okay. 
I, I love Rain Fire. I like that one too, my friend. They're 5-0. and oh. oh, look at that, dude. In the Central Conference, we have the Stuttgart Surge, the Raiders Trio, the yeah, Munich yeah. Ravens, the Barcelona Dragons, the Milano Seamen, and the Helvetic Guards. Seamen? Seamen. The Seamen. Seamen? Yep. I like that name. I'm going to go with the Milano Seamen. They're one and three. I like that name. So I have a couple matchups ahead of us. I have odds that I made up in my head, off the top of my head, with zero research. Okay. So this week, Eric, we have Prague versus Leipzig. I have Leipzig at minus four and a half. I'll take Prague. You're going to take Prague plus four and a half. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to see. Eric is Prague plus four and a half. We have Frankfurt at Milano. The line is Frankfurt on the road, minus five and a half. I'll take the home dog. Okay. Eric is Milano minus, uh, sorry, you are, yeah, Milano plus five and a half. Barcelona at Helvetic. Uh, Barcelona's a three and a half point road favorite. I'll take the home dog. Okay. H plus Three and a half. The Fehevar at Berlin. I got Berlin at home minus four and a half. I'll take the dog. The dogs are barking, huh, Eric? Dogs are barking, man. The Panthers were claw at the Hamburg Sea Devils. I have the Panthers as a three and a half point road favorite. I'll take the home dog. I like home dogs, Jimbo. Home dogs bark harder. Munich at Rainfire. Rainfire is minus seven and a half at home. A lot of points, but I'll take it. Okay. Paris at Stuttgart. Stuttgart's minus six at home. I'll take Barry. Eric will be taking Paris plus the six. And Vienna at the Raiders. Vienna is a two and a half point road favorite. I'll take the home dog. Raiders plus two and a half. There we go. That's the show. We will update you guys next week with the odds. I will be watching maybe one ILF game this weekend. I don't know yet. Maybe. Maybe. I will be watching zero league, European League of Football because it's $100 for the package. And I already committed, Eric. I already spent money on a football package internationally. I spent money on the X League package. Okay. That was $50. Okay. That's, that's, that's some coin. It was $50 and I already feel like I overpaid. So I'm not spending money on the European League of Football. It's 50 bucks. You already feel like you overpaid. <laughs> Jesus. Well, th- there's just not that many games in Japanese football. I mean, I love being able to see them and I'm going to stream them, but 50 bucks is still 50 bucks. Yeah, 50 bucks. Is, I gotcha. That'll do it for the spring fever, everybody. Eric, where can the people find you? At Etoff21 Sports, you and I ha- and Chase have our college football preview of the Mountain West Conference coming out tomorrow. And my podcast comes out this Saturday. And the friend of the program, Gino, and I, our DRF Sports Betting Show starts this Friday. Hell yeah. You guys know where to find me at XFL Gym everywhere. Uh, USFL Gym's season recap coming out soon. And, of course, you find me on this guy. 
like you said, college football tailgate, me and Chase gymnasium every single Monday evening. Love you guys. And we will see you next week for some more spring fever. Bye-bye.